This is Chapter 24 of Personal Recollections of Joan of Arc. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Personal Recollections of Joan of Arc by Mark Twain. Volume 2, Book 3, Chapter 24, Joan the Martyr. At nine o'clock the Maid of Orléans, deliverer of France, went forth in the grace of her innocence and her youth to lay down her life for the country she loved with such devotion, and for the king that had abandoned her. She sat in the cart that is used only for felons. In one respect she was treated worse than a felon, for whereas she was on her way to be sentenced by the civil arm, she already bore her judgment inscribed in advance upon a mitre-shaped cap which she wore. Heretic, relapsed, apostate, idolater. In the cart with her sat the friar Martin Ladvenu and Maître Jean Massieu, she looked girlishly fair and sweet and saintly in her long white robe, and when a gush of sunlight flooded her as she emerged from the gloom of the prison and was yet for a moment still framed in the arch of the sombre gate, the massed multitudes of poor folk murmured, A vision! A vision! and sank to their knees praying, and many of the women weeping, and the moving invocation for the dying arose again, and was taken up and borne along a majestic wave of sound which accompanied the doomed, solacing and blessing her all the sorrowful way to the place of death. Christ have pity! St. Margaret have pity! Pray for her, all ye saints, archangels and blessed martyrs, pray for her! Saints and angels intercede for her! From thy wrath, good Lord, deliver her! O Lord God, save her! have mercy on her we beseech thee good lord it is just and true what one of the histories has said the poor and the helpless had nothing but their prayers to give joan of arc but these we may believe were not unavailing there are few more pathetic events recorded in history than this weeping helpless praying crowd holding their lighted candles and kneeling on the pavement beneath the prison walls of the old fortress and it was so all the way thousands upon thousands massed upon their knees and stretching far down the distances thick sown with the faint yellow candle flames like a field starred with golden flowers but there were some that did not kneel these were the english soldiers they stood elbow to elbow on each side of joan's road and walled it in all the way and behind these living walls knelt the multitudes by and by a frantic man in priest's garb came wailing and lamenting and tore through the crowd and the barriers of soldiers and flung himself on his knees by joan's cart and put up his hands in supplication crying out oh forgive forgive it was loisleur and joan forgave him forgave him out of a heart that knew nothing but forgiveness nothing but compassion nothing but pity for all that suffer let their offence be what it might and she had no word of reproach for this poor wretch who had wrought day and night with deceits and treacheries and hypocrisies to betray her to her death the soldiers would have killed him but the earl of warwick saved his life what became of him is not known he hid himself from the world somewhere to endure his remorse as he might in the square of the old market stood the two platforms and the stake that had stood before in the churchyard of saint Ouen. The platforms were occupied as before, the one by Joan and her judges, 
the other by great dignitaries the principal being cochon and the english cardinal winchester the square was packed with people the windows and roofs of the blocks of buildings surrounded it were black with them when the preparations had been finished all noise and movement gradually ceased and a waiting stillness followed which was solemn and impressive and now by order of cochon an ecclesiastic named nicholas midi preached a sermon wherein he explained that when a branch of the vine which is the church becomes diseased and corrupt it must be cut away or it will corrupt and destroy the whole vine he made it appear that joan through her wickedness was a menace and a peril to the church's purity and holiness and her death therefore necessary when he was come to the end of his discourse he turned toward her and paused a moment then he said joan the church can no longer protect you go in peace joan had been placed wholly apart and conspicuous to signify the church's abandonment of her and she sat there in her loneliness waiting in patience and resignation for the end cochon addressed her now he had been advised to read the form of her abjuration to her and had brought it with him but he changed his mind fearing that she would proclaim the truth that she had never knowingly abjured and so bring shame upon him and eternal infamy he contented himself with admonishing her to keep in mind her wickedness and repent of it and think of her salvation then he solemnly pronounced her excommunicate and cut off from the body of the church with a final word he delivered her over to the secular arm for judgment and sentence joan weeping knelt and began to pray for whom herself oh no for the king of france her voice rose sweet and clear and penetrated all hearts with its passionate pathos she never thought of his treacheries to her she never thought of his desertion of her she never remembered that it was because he was an ingrate that she was here to die a miserable death she remembered only that he was her king that she was his loyal and loving subject and that his enemies had undermined his cause with evil reports and false charges and he not by to defend himself and so in the very presence of death she forgot her own troubles to implore all in her hearing to be just to him to believe that he was good and noble and sincere and not in any way to blame for any acts of hers neither advising them nor urging them but being wholly clear and free of all responsibility for them then closing she begged in humble and touching words that all here present would pray for her and would pardon her both her enemies and such as might look friendly upon her and feel pity for her in their hearts there was hardly one heart there that was not touched even the english even the judges showed it and there was many a lip that trembled and many an eye that was blurred with tears yes even the english cardinals that man with a political heart of stone but a human heart of flesh the secular judge who should have delivered judgment and pronounced sentence was himself so disturbed that he forgot his duty and joan went to her death unsentenced thus completing with an illegality what had begun illegally and had so continued to the end he only said to the guards take her and to the executioner do your duty joan asked for a cross 
none was able to furnish one but an english soldier broke a stick in two and crossed the pieces and tied them together and this cross he gave her moved to it by the good heart that was in him and she kissed it and put it in her bosom then isambert de la priere went to the church near by and brought her a consecrated one and this one also she kissed and pressed it to her bosom with rapture and then kissed it again and again covering it with tears and pouring out her gratitude to god and the saints and so weeping and with her cross to her lips she climbed up the cruel steps to the face of the stake with the friar isambard at her side then she was helped up to the top of the pile of wood that was built around the lower third of the stake and stood upon it with her back against the stake and the world gazing up at her breathless the executioner ascended to her side and wound chains around her slender body and so fastened her to the stake then he descended to finish his dreadful office and there she remained alone she that had had so many friends in the days when she was free and had been so loved and so dear all these things i saw albeit dimly and blurred with tears but i could bear no more i continued in my place but what i shall deliver to you now i got by others eyes and others mouths tragic sounds there were that pierced my ears and wounded my heart as i sat there but it is as i tell you the latest image recorded by my eyes in that desolating hour was joan of arc with the grace of her comely youth still unmarred and that image untouched by time or decay has remained with me all my days now i will go on if any thought that now in that solemn hour when all transgressors repent and confess she would revoke her revocation and say her great deeds had been evil deeds and satan and his friends their source they erred no such thought was in her blameless mind she was not thinking of herself and her troubles but of others and of woes that might befall them and so turning her grieving eyes about her where rose the towers and spires of that fair city she said oh rouen rouen must i die here and must you be my tomb ah rouen rouen i have great fear that you will suffer for my death a whiff of smoke swept upward past her face and for one moment terror seized her and she cried out water give me holy water but the next moment her fears were gone and they came no more to torture her she heard the flames crackling below her and immediately distress for a fellow-creature who was in danger took possession of her it was the friar isambard she had given him her cross and begged him to raise it toward her face and let her eyes rest in hope and consolation upon it till she was entered into the peace of god she made him go out from the danger of the fire then she was satisfied and said now keep it always in my sight until the end not even yet could cochon that man without shame endure to let her die in peace but went toward her all black with crimes and sins as he was and cried out i am come joan to exhort you for the last time to repent and seek the pardon of god i die through you she said 
and these were the last words she spoke to any upon earth. Then the pitchy smoke, shot through with red flashes of flame, rolled up in a thick volume, and hid her from sight, and from the heart of this darkness her voice rose strong and eloquent in prayer, and when by moments the wind shredded somewhat of the smoke aside, there were veiled glimpses of an upturned face and moving lips. At last a mercifully swift tide of flame burst upward, and none saw that face any more, nor that form, and the voice was still. Yes, she was gone from us. Joan of Arc. What little words they are to tell of a rich world made empty and poor. End of chapter 24